Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. So today, I want to walk and act like a son. All of us, okay? Sons, we're sons. I, again, I know our, la- our ladies are like, well, are we sons? Yes, it's your son. You're a son because you have an inheritance from the father. The father gives the inheritance to the son. He, that's just, again, it's, I'm calling you into sonship today, every one of us. Because like, again, the Holy Spirit reminds us, he's testifying to your spirit, who you are. The Holy Spirit, that's his job. The spirit of revelation, spirit of adoption is saying, you are his son. He delights in you. He loves you. And so as sons, I want to press into the Father's heart. Because you belong in the Father's presence, right? We all belong into the Father's presence. We don't, we're not like somewhat ostracized, you know, like, I don't know, you're not my favorite. Like, yeah, I guess you can come in. It's like, no, there's, there's this freedom, there's this access. So we have access to the Father's heart. And I want to continue engaging with the Holy Spirit, asking him to escort us into deeper revelation. I want a deeper revelation of what he has in store for me. And I want to become more like him. Because when we, who we behold is who we're becoming, like, again, if you ever sit, get around a married couple, there's a few people that, I can't imagine Fred without Kathy. I can't imagine Kathy without Fred. There's, you, guys, you guys might have different personalities, but you are alike in your way. Like, again, I just, when you're like, it just makes sense. And again, I know some people will say that as you, the longer you're married, the more you look more and more like each other and act like each other because you are with each other. You're beholding each other. So we want to become more like him because we love him, right? Sometimes you're like, I don't want to look like, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to look like him. Like, but no, that's the reality. It's like the beautiful thing is like we can't imagine life without each other. Not wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. And we want to look more like Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. He's our creator, our savior, our friend. And as we launch into this new year, again, we're going to be beginning this three-week fast. I want to encourage each one of us to take this teaching series to heart because we're going to be talking about the spirit of holiness, becoming more and more like him. We want to look like him individually and corporately. Like as our family of God, it takes all both of those things. They can't say corporately without individually. You can't do individually without corporately. You have to have both. Each one of us needs to look more like God. We want to become more like Him. We want to become holy like He is holy. And this is not a work you can do. You can't do this in your own strength, in your own ability. You will not be able to do this. But the praise God, He gives us the spirit of holiness. We have the Holy Spirit who is the active, who's actively at work in you to refine you and conform you to the very image of Jesus. If, and this is a big if, if we allow Him to do His work in us, if we allow Him, if we're submitting to Him, if we're saying, God, use me, test me, try me, Renew and refine me like that. Again, like that goal, that song. It's like, I want to be refined like the goal, looking more like you, God. So I'm going to pray before I kick us off, and then we're going to go into it. Um, Holy Spirit, we love you. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, we love you. We thank you that you go to the Father and that you reveal and dig deep things out of this well that is God. 
God, we don't want to be trained ourselves to say we get it and train ourselves into check marks and book, you know, just saying we've got it, we've got the list, we've got the, the credentials. God, it's not about that. It's about revelation. It's about relationships. It's about depth. And so, Father, we ask that you would just give the Holy Spirit something deep for us. Would you share your heart? Would you share your emotions? Would you share your hopes and your dreams and what you've called us into? And would you reveal something new about yourself that we didn't understand? Again, it may be the love of the Father, but in a new revelation that we've never understood before. We want to understand you, again, not in our mind, but we want to live in the revelation of you. So, Father, would you conform us to your image? Would you conform us to the image that you desired from the very beginning to look more like you? Conform our mind, our will, our emotions. God, transform them. Mold them to be more like you. Father, fill my mouth with words. God, I just ask that anything that I'm about to say that's in my own ability, get out of the way that I'd be still and slow to speak. And Father, just that I would share truth. Not things that I'm 100% good at, maybe, but Lord, things that I desire in my heart to live out in the fullness. I want to live in the revelation of each one of these things I'm going to be sharing. And so, Father, I ask that each one of us would be teachable, yielding to you, desiring the fullness, the revelation of the Father's love, and what you've called us into. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, so uh, this has been good. I'm, I'm going to recap a little bit because it's been three weeks and I feel like it's been a month or two. I don't know why it feels so long ago that I t- started, talk- started talking on this series. We kicked it off and then Christmas happened. So that's just how things go. Um, but we kicked off this, this teaching series and I just realized I don't have my clicker. I'm just going to sneak back here and find it. There we go. Um, we're talking about the spirit of holiness. We've been talking about the spirit of adoption, but everything we've been talking about mostly this year has been about the Holy Spirit, what he means for us, what he's doing for us, and how he's actively, I mean, we see in the life of Jesus, but we're talking about the spirit of holiness. Right, we talked about last week, it's important that we don't just fix, we have a tendency of, there's two planes I talked about, we took, we fixed our eyes on, on the God on the throne, right, and that's really good, because we, when we look, behold God on the throne, we see his authority, his rulership, is a, and he's not moved, and he has, he's worthy of our praise, but there's also that place of Holy Spirit who resides in us, which is, again, so fascinating and so amazing, but it's so rare that I go, Holy Spirit down here. You know, like I don't, I, how rare, it is, I feel like that's something that doesn't, is common in my life. And I want to grow in this. I'm just realizing how important it is that we take time and we say, Holy Spirit, you live in me. Not out there, here. I'm a temple. Wow. Like I'm a temple filled with the Holy Spirit who is moving in me, who is testifying to my spirit whose I am, who's justifying me to the Father and is sanctifying and transforming me in the inside out into the image of God. So we're talking about the part two. Again, it's a little bit of part one, part two. But the key phrase of everything we're going to be doing about this, this gazing down and, and, and fixing our mind's eye and the dialogue with the Holy Spirit, it's this fellowship. It's fellowship with the Holy Spirit, which is Paul's prayer in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He's, he's, this, again, this is his last blessing to the Corinthians. He's, he, it's not something light, and he doesn't, Paul doesn't say light things. He doesn't say things and waste his time. He really is very 
into it. He's very engaged. He's got weightiness to everything he says. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the God the Father, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because we're talking about the Trinity, but the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's my desire is that you encounter this. I want you to encounter the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That fellowship, that key phrase, again, we love the grace of the Lord Jesus and we love the love of God the Father. But he's like, I want you also to understand. I want you to fellowship, intimacy, connection, dialogue with the Holy Spirit. I want you to behold me and the Holy Spirit. So when you're gazing and talking and connecting with the Holy Spirit, he's going and searching the deep things of God. So this was Paul's desire. We, I'm going to just recap it real quick. Uh, when we shift our eyes again to the indwelling Holy Spirit and dialogue with him, we have fellowship with communion, connection. We gain intimacy. Again, who could say that they're very intimate with Holy Spirit? Some of us can. And some of us, I mean, sometimes I'm like, man, Lord, am I? I want to be. <laughs> I really do. I really think, again, it just, I want us to be all challenged in this. When we intentionally connect with him and come to him with slowness, intimacy, affection, speaking, listening, right? Because sometimes we have a tendency when we pray, what do we do? Talk? What about listening? That's a hard part. <laughs> Any conversation you ever have a communication gap, it's probably because we have bad listening ears. It's, I can say a lot of things, but if I'm not hearing it right... I might miss the whole point. That's why arguments start. Have you had a, have had a miscommunication in an argument? And you're like, wow, that spiraled real quick. It was miscommunication because we were hearing the intent of the word and the word wasn't spoken right. So like, it's that important part of communication. If there's ever a failure in relationship, it's failure to communicate. So Father's out, he's inviting us in to communicate, to connect, listen, dialogue with Holy Spirit. And again, remember that the acronym, trust. As we take time, we don't just go, all right, Holy Spirit, here's what I need. Let's go, let's go. You know, like that's not what we do. We come to him slow. Sometimes we do, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's just like, hail Mary, Lord, help me. <laughs> I, need, I need some wisdom. I need some understanding. But there's also that part of like, would you just slow down and say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in me? Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for helping me be patient. Thank you for showing me grace. Thank you for revealing things about my identity. Thank you. And just going in that place of just giving thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have moved in me, that you've chosen me long before the foundations of the earth. Wow, me, me. Like, that's, that's crazy. And Lord, not only that, but Lord, would you reign in me? So trust. So thank you. Reign. Use. Strengthen. Teach. Those things that you take to the Holy Spirit and say, God, would you, I want to give you thanks. I want you to reign in me. I want you to use me and I want you to strengthen me and teach me. Those kind of things that produce dialogue with the Holy Spirit, it brings us into these planes, these, these actually five realities we talked about three weeks ago. The reality of gratitude, the reality of surrender, being used by God, strengthened and connected with God. He's wanting to bring us into these realities, again, not temporary mindsets. I'm like, oh, I'm, sometimes I'm thankful, sometimes I'm not. He's like, no, the reality is you can live a life of gratitude, always. You can live a life of surrender, always. And that's hard. And like, it's like, wow, like, I think I surrendered to everything. And then you're like, and he's like, that's why we need Holy Spirit, because he goes like this, that one little thing, that's the thing you haven't surrendered yet. You want to give it to me? I'll work with that. And that's what he does. And like, again, I like my, my dad's life example is he wanted three kids. 
I come from a family of 12. So that's kind of hard to believe, but my dad only wanted three kids. And it took him six years for the Holy Spirit to say, you surrendered most of the things, but there's this one thing called your family that I've yet to see. I want that too. And see what I have in store for you, for the blessings I have in store for you. And then here I come, and here comes eight others. And, you know, <laughs> nine girls, three boys, it was chaos. Um, Praise God. It was great. It's great. It's really loud when we get to visit, but it's great. <laughs> but that's the whole point. We don't know the blessings in surrender. The blessings that come from a life of surrender. A blessing of being used by God. Again, that doesn't mean you have to be in the big platform. It doesn't mean that your little job doesn't matter. Your every little thing matters. Every little position you're ever given. God, would you use me for your glory? Would you strengthen me also? Would you use me and would you teach me? Because I don't know everything. Surprise. I don't. And I want to know. I want to know your heart. And so we live in that. We can be used by God. When we're teachable and reliant on God, He can impart to us deeper revelation because we're listening. And we're aware and reliant on the fact that He is the God of wisdom and revelation. He can reveal things to us. And when you and I are in constant connection and communion with Him, He speaks to you. And we become more aware of his presence and we gain insight into the heart and mind of God, which is so different than the voice of God. It's not different, it's, it pairs with, but there's a very huge uniqueness that couples will never get to have. I don't know my wife's mind. And I, I can guess, best as I can guess. I don't know her mind and I don't know her heart. I can guess, best guess her intention and her hope and I can see it, but I'll never fully know it. But Holy Spirit gives us the heart and mind of Christ. We have that access to him. And again, it becomes less about shouting orders at us, which, you know, have you ever said, God, I just wish you would speak to me and tell me what to do. Like, I wish you would just tell me, tell me what to do. He's like, well, I have done that. I'm a parent, and as a parent, you tell your kids what to do. A lot. Have you ever told your kids to do things repeatedly over and over and over again? And he's like, you know what? I can't wait to that day of maturity. <laughs> I can't wait to where you understand my intention, my hope, my desires. Instead of me saying, take out the garbage, take out the garbage, they just all of a sudden start doing it because they understand my hope. And it's not like, they're like not, not slaves, but they're like, oh, you know what? This would be fun. I, I could go ahead and just do that. I'll just do that. Because it becomes natural. It becomes they understand the hope that I have. Take out the garbage. <laughs> you know, those little things. But the reality is we get to also walk with God that way. We don't have to constantly beg him for information. He's like, no, I've given you. I've given you my spirit. Walk in it. Trust me. But dialogue with me. That's good, the dialogue. So we're agreeing with him. We're hearing from him. We're, we're agreeing in our hearts. And he's training us. He's teaching us and transforming us like he trains a little one. He's teaching us all by himself. It's about connection. It's about fellowship. It's about connecting with God in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's this constant dialogue. It's constant connecting with Him. Again, I think we talk about like the hard times. Like, man, Lord, how do you give gratitude and thankfulness in hard things? It's not saying, well, thank you, Lord, that I got punched in the face. That's not, that's not the intent, right? He's like, no, thank you, Lord, that you've taught me humility and that you were bruised, you were hurt, and you were crushed, and you were not hating people. Like, Lord, th thank you for teaching me humility and love. Thank you that you are here for me and you feel for me. Like, it's that dialogue with him. 
It's not being thankful for the hard, the mean things that happen to you. Those aren't fun to be thankful for. But when we connect with God, the reality is He connects with you. He connects with you. It's not a one-side conversation. He connects with you through His Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. John 14, 16 through 17 says, I'm gonna I'm going to the Father. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I will ask for the Father, and He's gonna give you another advocate to help you, and He will be with you forever. He's gonna be the Spirit of Truth. He's gonna reveal things, and it's gonna be, He's gonna be with you, and He'll be in you. And moving forward, John 16, 7. I know I'm going fast, but we're gonna catch it up a little bit with the things that we've we're just caught off last year, or last, well, not last year yet. Not yet, not yet. I can say that next week. I can say that next week, but. John 16, 7, he says, it's good. It's for your good that I'm going to go away. And that's crazy to us because like, what is better than Jesus, the word of God made flesh with us? He's like, no, God in you, that's better. It's more, it's for your benefit. That's what's best for us. It's the better thing or the most beneficial thing than Jesus being with them. Remember, Holy Spirit, he's not a placeholder. He's not a placeholder. And I think that's something I'm just, he's our eternal friend. He says, I'm going to send you a friend. He's going to be with you forever. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send with you. He's going to give us his spirit. So the spirit of truth lives in us forever. Live forever. That's a long, that's a long time. That's, that's, so you might want to get comfortable with the Holy Spirit that lives in you. You want to connect with them, right? Because God didn't reveal things to us through stone tablets. You know, back then, you know, like in, the, in the Old Testament, he gave his commands through ten, the Ten Commandments, right? He left those things for us. But when Jesus went to heaven, went to be with the Father, he leaves us not stone tablets, not a code of ethics, a legal code. He gave us his spirit, the spirit of truth. And you and I became this temple of God from that point on. When we say, yes, Lord, when we say, confess with our mouths, we become the temple which has the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies, you're, they're temples. You're temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God. You're not your own. You were bought at a price, and therefore God, honor God with your bodies. The spirit of truth lives in you and I. It begins from this point on. When we say, yes, Lord, he begins his work in us. He begins to do things to us. He says, you know, we talk about the spirit of adoption. He begins to testify that you're his son. Now, if you've come from a hard background where family is hard, when you think about father, he's like, I'm going to teach you about the father. I'm going to break lies and disagreement with a father. I'm going to start revealing what a father in heaven looks like. And I'm going to testify to whose you are, your value, your worth. He begins to not only do that, like, right, he's, he's justifying us to the father, right? The father's looking at us. He's like, I see the Holy Spirit. I see the blood of the lamb. I see my son. <laughs> I see my son. And then on top of that, he begins to conform us, which means to sanctify us to the very image of Jesus. And we talked about this passage actually this morning. We, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we contemplate, when we focus on the face of God, when we think about God's glory, like, Lord, you're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. You're so majestic. You're, God, you're so merciful and kind, forgiving. You train us. You don't, you're not, you're humble. You come to us. 
when we start beholding God's glory, we start looking like him. He says, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Now, it takes some time. And sometimes when you think about ever-increasing glory, you think, well, it's got to be like steps, steps. But you see our kids, there's these leaps that our kids take. You see, I mean, again, this little baby is going to be hauled for a while. And then eventually he's going to be doing things. And it's, you're not going to have that sense of like, wow. It's not going to be like immediate. But some things are like, wow, that's fast. That was, that was quick. But also, it's increments, ever-increasing glory. And it's beautiful to see. And, you ce- and he's celebrating us, and he's walking with us, and he's teaching us in each thing. And every part matters. Every step matters. Every little revealing matters. And the, the wonderful thing, we talked about it. You talked about it, Vicki. That passage, Ephesians, we were reading through this week. Man, before the foundations of the world, he chose us. He loved us. He adopted us. He chose us for adoption. Not only that, but he also predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. From the beginning, he predestined it. He's like, I want you to look like my son. I want you to look like the image of my son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. This was his desire. Because Holy Spirit, he's our justifier, he's our sanctifier, he is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of adoption, which is the active and agent in our justification. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, oh, I went too fast, there we go, that you, it talks about who we were, but he said, now you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And this is point number two, here we're, we're already there. The Holy Spirit is the active agent in our sanctification. He is sanctifying us. He's transforming us. Holy Spirit is producing in and through us the very nature of Jesus. He's producing the very nature of Jesus in you and I. God purposed it from the beginning to sanctify us through and by the Holy Spirit. He purposed it. He doesn't do it by accident. He has desired to do that from the very beginning. Amen. Man, we're not an accident. We didn't just stumble into this. It's not by our, our good looks or our good graces or our good works. We did not do anything to earn this. He is transforming us from the beginning, from the point of salvation. He indwells us and he is now at all out war or assault on our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. Amen. Praise God for that. Because some of us are like, have you met me? <laughs> I need some help. My will, my emotions, they're wrong. You know that. But praise God. This is what I love about God. We talked about it a few weeks ago. But God doesn't reveal everything all at once. Otherwise, you know what we'd be? A puddle of mess. The way God works is like, I'm going to highlight this one little thing about you. And you're like, oh, Lord. And that makes me feel awful. He's like, no, but I love you. I don't want that for you. That's not what I desired for you. I remember when he highlighted my pride. It was not fun. But he's like, Lord, he's like, ooh, here's what your pride looks like. When you're prideful and you're boastful, it doesn't help anyone and it does not help you. It's gross. It's awful. He's like, oh, and it just, it felt awful. It was the very few times I actually heard, like, you know, like, just felt like I heard the audible voice of the Lord. Like, it was just weird. It was like a weird moment. I was like, man, Lord, ooh. And I was like, I don't know seven, eight years ago, but it wrecked me because I was just, I felt like a heel. 
But he's like, but the really also weird part about when he revealed that to me is I felt loved at the same time. How is that possible to feel crushed and loved? It's like, oh God, I hate this. But he's like, oh, I don't want that for you. I want, I want more things for you. I'm going to work on your mind. I'm going to transform it. I'm going to change your will the way you desire. The things you want, I'm going to shift it to want the things that I want. And you're like, man, but is it better? He's like, yeah, it's better. It's better for you that your will becomes my will. When Jesus, again, we look back at Jesus, Jesus' prayer, what was it? When he exemplifies the prayer to the Father, he's like, here, disciples, I want to teach you how to pray. First of all, pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Oh, it's holy, it's beautiful, I love it. Your will be done. Yours. Your will. He's like, I want to train you how to pray. I want to train you how to live. Live in a lifestyle that says, God, your will be done. My emotions, bad, bad leaders. Do you know that? My emotions are terrible leaders. They're awful. They'll make you do awful, dumb things. They'll make you want to quit. They'll make you want to just give up. They'll make you want to be angry and just like, you know what? And that is where we are in life right now. You see everything around us, all the things that we look at, problems in the earth, we say, wow, what is wrong with you? They're ruled by their emotions and the principalities and darkness of this age. They're letting all those things change so many things and hurt so many people. God is calling us to give us his emotions and to have his emotions. Which means, so when we look at the things that normally just make us mad and tick us off, we go, God, I'm giving you my emotions on how I feel about that circumstance because right now this is how I feel. I'm really angry. I'm really angry. He's like, well, you know what? Can I tell you about that person? Let me share my emotion for you about this person. I love them. I love them and I chose them. And they're rubbing you wrong. Yes. I don't like that part about it, but he's showing us how to love when we don't want to love. Because he's like, and, but it's like, okay, how do I love? He's like, plug into me. Abide in my love because my love is better than your love. Your love is going to quit when it gets hard. My love is going to sustain the beatings, the hurtings, the persecution, the slander, all the things that come against you in the coming days. And when he endured, that's the love that kept him there. So we need to live in love and have the mind of Christ to think the way he thinks. Man. Galatians 5. So how does Jesus look? What does he look like? This is, uh, oops. That's all right. Oh, we'll, we'll read this too. <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead. This, I think I got him out of order. That's all right. That happens. This is what God looks like. When we think about what's the very nature of God? Love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That word, crucified, is not a very fun word for us to mention. We're like, oh, I don't like that because it means we're dead. But he's like, yes, you are. You've been You've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. It is I who live in you. I live in you. You don't live. You are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. 
That's the way of a life of Jesus. This is what it looks like to die to yourself and to experience the life and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. To die to yourself, to be raised again with Christ and to live a life, a new creation life of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All of these things. This is what we're looking like. We're saying, God, I want to look more like that. And that is the evidence. That is the fruit of time with God. That is the evidence of the fruit and the time when we spend, again, I, I remember this time, I was really struggling, again, like as a new parent, I was struggling with how to do all the things and keep up with my life. And again, just, you know how it is. Now it's like a little bit different. It's still hard, but it was just, uh, I felt chaotic. I felt like there's no way I can keep up with this. I was doing college ministry. I thought, God, there's just no time. I have no time with you. I'm spending all this time with all these students. I'm spending time with my kid, you know, my little ones, and they're like one and two. And I just feel overwhelmed. I feel like I have no time with you. He's like, well, what do you do from 10 to midnight? It's like, well, sometimes I watch a show and just chill out for a little bit. He's like, well, give me that. Give me that. Trade it up. It's going to be better. <laughs> it's going to be so much better. And watch what happens. And because he didn't talk about the fruit of the Spirit. He wasn't pushing for it. He's like, just spend time with me. And I noticed my life, my life became a lot less chaotic. My patience was just different. It was more godly. I was much kinder to my wife, to my kids. I was less stressed out. I just found a whole new part of me. I'm like, God, this is not me. This is you. This is the fruit of the Spirit, bearing fruit in my life, because I'm just spending 10 to midnight with you. Again, that is a long time for some people, but it was such the sweetest times. And after a while, I had a hard time actually wanting to go to bed. It was just sweet. It became wonderful. And I, I those are treasure times. Again, like you always have those treasure times. You look back, oh, oh that, was the, that was just the best, that transformative times. But he really, really wants this for us. He wants us to have emotions. Uh, we, uh, not emotions. I'm reading two words. Fellowship. <laughs> we, we have emotions. We have those. We don't have any problem with those. We need fellowship, though. <laughs> you know when you read and you're thinking to, yeah, that's where I'm at. The reality is we no longer live. And the Holy Spirit is bringing our mind, our emotions, our will to the cross. He's bringing it to the cross. He's like, you know what? Lay them down. Let them die. Be resurrected with your mindset. Be resurrected with your will. Be resurrected with your emotions. Have mine. And again, it comes from that fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that sitting together, not saying, God, give me things. He's like, no, just, I just want to be with you. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this time, but I just want to be with you. And the Holy Spirit is actively doing this. He is, it's a, it's, again, it has to be a heart of full surrender. It has to be submitting, right? That teachable, that giving thanks, that, that trust, that acronym of trust, where we're teachable, we're grateful, we're in full surrender. We're saying, God, I want to learn from you. I want to be strengthened by you. I just want to sit with you. That is a heart he can work with. And now we're actually getting to that passage I mentioned before. We also thank God continually because when you, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So when Holy Spirit is speaking to us and he's revealing things in his word, he is speaking to our hearts. When we're like, you know, I, I think it's so important that we don't go, I don't know, God, if that, that's you. It's like spend more time saying, God, I believe that's your word, that you're speaking to my heart. Let it transform me. Let it change me. And again, it comes from fellowship, connection, listening, receiving, responding. When we hear a word from the Lord, we don't just go, oh, that was nice. It's like, no, Lord, transform me in that. 
When you say, this is your desire, I want that to be my desire. You start echoing it back to him and pray it back to him. Say, Father, I desire... It's my desire that your desires are my desires. I want to look more like you. I want to love like you. So as we finish, and I'm going to finish this, but I really just want to encourage you because we're going to begin this fast, this three-week fast. And again, you guys can join us if you want. You guys can join us. I know you guys are going to be going home after this, but I, I, you guys can join us. You guys, I just want to encourage you. This, I want to laser focus on this key phrase, fellowship unveiled. Fellowship unveiled because the reality is the veil's been torn. The veil has been torn. We don't have anything in between us and God anymore. That's so beautiful. But yet, how dare we replace things, put things in front of our eyes? Again, I'm just talking about myself. Sometimes TV, shows, our phones, distractions, just all the things. And then we put food and and busyness and our work and our careers. We're like, everything starts filtering in front of this fellowship. We're all victims of, not victims, we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. Putting things where they should not be. Before God, my time with God, my relationship and fellowship with Him. So again, as you're praying through, it's like, Lord, what does fellowship unveiled look like? What does it look like to talk with you, to listen to you, to know you, to engage and behold the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth? How does it look, what does that look like? Because he's got to reveal hidden glory. He's got to go and search the deep things, right? Because our mind, our ears, our eyes, we can't get it. We will never get it. But the Holy Spirit's going to go. He's going to search. He's going to pick that up. He's going to dig it up and he's going to pour it into us. He's going to reveal things. He's going to reveal the love of the Father. He's going to reveal his desires. Again, I'm going to read that passage, 2 Corinthians uh, 3.18, it says, we, I'm going to read that. This is our desire. Lord, help us with unveiled faces. Help us to contemplate your glory. Help us, transform us into your image. Let's put this personal, okay? Put, transform me into your image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from you, Lord, the Holy Spirit. This is our desire. So I want to spend these three weeks. This is not just individually, though, because when you're transformed individually, corporately, we're going to be transformed. We're going to be transformed in our church body. So let this be our prayer. When we, we pray for, again, like the, the prayer focus, and you might have missed it. I'll keep reminding us of it. But pray for us. Pray for me as, as leader, the elders. We need, we need your prayers. We need it. We don't know what we're, we don't know everything what we're doing. We encounter moments of like, what do we do here with this situation? We don't know all the things. But the reality is we want to be teachable. We want to submit to the Father. We say, God, give us wisdom to know how to walk this out, how to love well, how to, to point our church family well, how to train us up to go in that direction. So well, I want you to be praying for me. Pray for our elders. And pray for your family, your church family. Again, each one of us have needs. We don't know. And that's what's beautiful. Like sometimes I won't even know a prayer request and I hear people praying for other people. Like, did you hear? I'm like, I have no idea. But the good thing is you're praying. Pray for your family. And pray for our desire to follow Jesus with a simple obedience, individually and corporately. Because again, it can't be about the muchness and the full the bigness. I, I think I talked about fullness. And I'm, again, I'm going to correct a lot of my language because I've been saying that. And I want to make sure I'm very clear. Because I say, like, I want to get it. I, I always think of checkmark, and that's bad. 
I've been saying that, and I'm sorry. I want to make sure when I say that, I want us to have revelation on it. I don't want, that doesn't mean we've, we've arrived, we've, we've got the gospel, we're good, God, we don't need any more of it. It's like, no, I want to walk in a full revelation of it. And then eventually, I know in two years from now, I'm going to head into the deeper revelation because his ocean is deep. And so when we pray, we say, God, I want us, and I'm trying to remember the phrases I've been using, but I just want, I want us to walk in that. And what was something I said earlier? And I, I apologize. I, I, I thought I said a phrase, and I said I was going to correct myself, and all of a sudden, my mind went away. Do you know how that goes? Now come to me. Let's try to think if I can remember it. Yeah. All right. Scroll. It's a scroll moment. <laughs> oh. But the reality is, oh, that was it. Because I get in the fullness. That was the word. Okay, fullness. Fullness doesn't mean busy and busierness. That's not a word, but I think that's what we think about. And I want to correct myself on that because, again, when we say I want to live in the fullness of what God's called me to do, sometimes that looks like just being a husband that loves his wife and kids well and seeks the fullness in the relationship there, praying for them, serving them, coming low. Sometimes it looks like if you're a single person, you're like, okay, H, doesn't mean you're busy, right? I mean, I know you like to be busy, but at the same time, you've been finding value in the things and the relationships, finding intentionality. It's about saying, God, what did you call me to do? To love you, to love one another and make disciples. Okay, how can I start doing that with one person? To love you and to love one person well with the love of Christ and start training him up. That's fullness. To understand that and walk in that in the fullness. Say, okay, God, confidence. It's confidence. Confidence, godly confidence where he's like, okay, I'm training you. I'm giving you the authority to do it. Go do it. Trust me on it. So that's what I want to do. I said, God, help us to be about simple obedience, to follow the basic things you've asked us to do individually and corporately. And again, pray in all these areas and focuses that we'd find ourselves unveiled, engaged with God's desires, encountering his purposes for us, and obedient to step out and reveal God's glory to those around us in our church family and in our neighborhoods. Lord, would you just move in us? to be that way. So I'm going to pray for you. Just pray with me. So Father, we, th- we say yes. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you're so patient with us. Thank you that you're so gracious to us, even when we're so obstinate. Father, thank you for being gracious with me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your long-suffering. But Father, we ask that we would start moving into the maturity, getting off the milk and into the meat. Father, we ask that, again, not that we're immature, but Father, I know you've called us to bigger things. You've called us to be more, more, even more mature, to go into a greater measure of maturity. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us in that. Help us to know what that looks like. And, and Lord, help us to be patient, Not critical, patient, gracious, excited. Father, I ask that, again, we don't discredit what we've had in the past. We don't discredit what we've done before. But Father, what we've done, we honor. 
We say, Father, thank you for trying to see even the hard things, even the rough things. Thank you, Lord, even through all the COVID and everything before. And Lord, there's been hardship for years before my and riches. And Lord, we, we just thank you, God, that you brought us all this way. People have come and gone. Thank you, Lord, that we are here and we are not accidentally here. We are here for a purpose. And Father, you're training us, you're shaping us to look more and more like you. And so, Father, we say, yes, we want to look more like you. We want to operate more like you. We want to love like you. We want to be filled with joy like you are filled with joy. We want to be patient like you are patient. We want to be gentle like you are gentle. We want to love like you love. So, Father, I ask you just fill us as we fellowship with you, Holy Spirit, as you produce in us through shaping us and transforming our mind, will, and emotions. Father, that there's spirit, the Holy Spirit, you would produce fruit in us. I want to see fruit, God. Not for my own eyes. Lord, I just ask that you would see the fruit. And then you would, as a church body, we would start seeing the fruit, the evidence of your work in our lives come manifest into our, and just and are recognizing those things that are happening. Like, wow, Lord, look what you're doing in my life. Thank you that you use me. So, Father, I just ask for each one of us, the ones that are not here, Lord, we miss them. Lord, we speak healing over their bodies, those who are sick, those who are away. Father, we miss them. We ask your blessing on them. And we, Father, we ask your blessing in the next three weeks that this time of surrender and submitting these things that really don't matter for the things that we cannot replace, which is time with you, your word. Father, we love you. We commit these three weeks to you. And we look forward to what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.